0: Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.
1: He blessed the rains down in Africa, and she was permitted to witness it. Yay for progress! You're listening to Mormon and the Methhead.
2: <laughs> if you put a Mormon and a Methhead together, this is what they sound like: Aaron Woodall and Just a reader Listen to them talking
3: to Mike I got the first part. Oh, you got it? Uh, well, I'm yeah. very familiar. Don't you remember when we first met that song?
1: Oh, you just meant the toto part. yeah uh, yeah, part. I knew you got that. That's why yeah. I picked that was that was for you. Jessa loves that song.
3: I was being followed by that song um, in 2017 when I was having my my weird year do you remember that when i used to be like i'm having a very weird year But
1: that was also i felt like that was the year of that song it was
3: following me before it became a meme that was the thing that was crazy is before it became a meme i was like i'm being harassed by this song it was playing in like every restaurant or like thing i walk bar i walked Uh into and then it became a meme and then it was everywhere and i was like what is happening
0: maybe you created the meme maybe you made it happen probably like that it it was you being like enough of this fucking song put it into (laughs) meme form instead
1: what do you guys remember in like what like 2010 when journeys don't stop believing was everywhere like you just played nonstop for a year or so we didn't have good memes back then we weren't really making memes yet they were all like bad luck brian or something that was all we had (laughs) so far oh
3: god memes were so bad back then uh, was that?
1: Whoa! Those are our roots. You know, just <laughs> that's where that's where we came from. We wouldn't have these like six tier memes today if it wasn't for bad luck, Brian.
3: That's back when some people called them memes. Memes. memes.
1: Famous Mormon <laughs> Bryce Harper did that. He is. Uh, do you guys know who Bryce Harper? Who's is? Bryce Harper? Mm-mm. He is uh, a. Jesso, all of your Philly friends probably love him. He's a baseball player. He played for the Washington Nationals his whole career until this year he uh, went to the Philadelphia Phillies. He's a good baseball player. He's Mormon. He was like the LeBron James of baseball for a while. Like He was this like teenage kid that everyone knew was like, he's going to be the one, and he was Mormon. He's from Las Vegas. Anyway, he did an interview after a game one time and on TV, called him Memez. May <laughs> he was like, I've, he was like, I, I've seen the, I've seen the Memez, May the Mimes, whatever they are. <laughs> oh, for two on that one. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> so
0: glad I'm not famous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that I never Too have. Did you
1: see recently the celebrities getting in on the Instagram hoax? Like, you know, you know, like old people or dumb people every few months are posting some dumb shit on Facebook about like, I do oh. not give my consent to Facebook. I hear, you know, they, some oh, yeah, copy yeah, yeah. and paste stuff. It was like real celebrities that we all looked up to and thought were cool. We're doing it on Instagram. They were like, as of 1201, blah, blah, blah. On this day, I do not give Instagram permission. And... Me and my brother were talking about, I can't remember who the actress was that we first saw, it, but it was like someone that we liked. Oh, it's like, it might have been Zoe Saldana, who I like a lot. Aww. And I was just like, is it a joke? Do you think she's being funny? Or is she just as dumb as our mom is? Aww.
2: Just
3: a heads up that my mic was unplugged this whole time. So, uh, <laughs> how was it? I was like trying to figure out, like, why can't I hear myself oh, in this no. mic? And I was like, no. is it because I'm sharing a line with Aaron? And then I just looked down and it was just unplugged. So, um, I'm the one that start, I said Meme first, otherwise, you just sound insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think
1: it's okay. I, I'm okay with sounding insane. Yeah. Right, uh, so, Jess is in. Also, a uh, big, big guest today in the studio, my wife. <laughs> hey! Uh,
2: but not, not the one Tabitha, you think.
1: Not that one. A different one. <laughs> this is Liz Whitaker, everybody. She is my fake wife from a TV commercial that we did one time for RC Willie co- yeah. Furniture. Still Can't in you know.
3: syndication, or what do they call it when it's a uh, yeah? I'd Russell's say syndication is a good
1: word for it. I don't know if it is right now.
3: If you didn't have if you weren't like a famous, uh, a somewhat famous comedian and podcaster, would you ever get paid by them if it weren't for people tagging you in pictures?
1: I don't know. I was actually just gonna ask Liz this every like so. We when we filmed that, we had they did like a 12 month buy, and then they said, you know, we might do a rebuy uh later and then you'll get more money. Did you, do you get checks? Like when they, (laughs) do you have to hunt them down to get them?
0: No, because I do it through the agency, through McCarty. Uh. McCarty's the one who got me the gig. So they're the ones who do the hunting. Uh, They're like, I'll uh, see it. And then they'll be like, oh, I saw that commercial and it's a day past the date. Yeah. So... You should have you not been getting checks? no, I
1: have gotten checks, but I've had to put in so much work for every single check that I've gotten. I don't have any TV. So the only what Jess is alluding to the only way that I know that they've bought the the commercial again is like I'll start people start texting me pictures or they'll tag me on Facebook like, you know, they'll take a shitty photo with their phone of the TV and be like, look who I just saw on my TV. And then I look at my calendar and I'm like, those motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) That was, I haven't gotten a check in six months. And so then I have to email uh, the production company myself and then they have to email RC Willie and then they forget about me for a week and then I email them and I'm, and I'm always like, Hey, not to be uh, a bother, but give me the money. Give
0: me my $250. (laughs) My son is starving.
1: (laughs) Please. Can we have the money? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that's the, I, that's yeah. the bonus of, you know, <laughs> being with an agency. That's yeah. what they, that's what their 15% is for.
0: Yeah. Are you with an agency, Aaron?
1: Liz knows <laughs> that I, Liz got me into the McCarty agency. She got me in the door. And so I have, I have signed yes, now I with did. an acting agency. <sighs> yeah. I have gotten like a few emails about, uh, Yellowstone extras <sighs> and, uh, Harmon brother commercials. I haven't auditioned for anything yet. I
0: have auditioned for the TV show Yellowstone six times, seven times, and one day. I will get it. One, one day, day you'll be
1: that ranch hand. I
0: will be that ranch <laughs> hand. The, and some of them have been like amazing. I was about to talk about them, but I don't think the episodes are released and I don't want to like get in legal the par- trouble. The
1: part that you auditioned for? Yeah. Ah. Like
0: some of them are really epic. And I've been like, yeah, I want to do this. And then the audition goes well. And then they're like, mm, <laughs> uh. we need someone with a stronger jawline <laughs> <laughs>
1: how do how do you handle rejection as an actress
0: i don't i don't know i does it hurt when you don't yeah get
1: do you take it personally
0: yeah like acting i think all art is like this but acting is especially weird because to be really good at it like you have to be vulnerable and Also, to like do the business side of it, you have to just be like one tough motherfucker. Like you just have to not. So I have like rules. I'm like, I'll take I'll give myself 24 hours to be sad about this and then start working on the next thing. Start preparing for the next audition or do something else. Make a new cross stitch for your Etsy shop. I don't know. Like how often are you auditioning? Uh, for like screen stuff, maybe like once a week. Oh, wow. Maybe like, maybe like once every two weeks or so. Are you still plugged in Jess?
3: Yeah. I I don't know if I'm just paranoid now.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. and Hold on. Go ahead and talk. I'm
3: definitely way quieter than you guys, but I don't know how that's possible. (coughs) Is it just my crown chakra is close? (laughs) Probably. Test,
1: test, test. You have the same levels that I do when I talk. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. All right.
0: Yeah. And then I audition for plays like less often, but I feel it, but plays are worse though, because with a like television commercial or something, then you're like, oh, this will determine the next like week of my life. But with plays, it's like, oh, this will determine the next four months of my life. (laughs) Then oh. I will be rehearsing and performing this.
1: I would just be relieved that I didn't get it. Yeah, time. I was going to say. Like, no, <laughs> so no, I good, can't, right? Like, I can't commit to four months, please. Yeah. <laughs> A one-day commercial shoot, please. That's all that I'm looking for. I would like to see other commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really, you know, Yeah, down. I
0: spend any time I have to do an audition, I spend, like, the whole day being like i don't want to do this i want to do this i why do i do this i want to do this anymore not worth it i hate this oh hey that's me in comedy <laughs> yeah yeah i'm always glad i did oh it's not me in comedy <laughs> <laughs> I
1: always know. regret this every I time like it i do think what you said though is true for stand-up about you have to be vulnerable to be good at stand-up yep and you have to not be vulnerable to be good at the business of stand up. And there are, you'll see people that are stronger in one side than the other all the time. I yeah. think Jess and I are stronger in the vulnerability side. I think Jess is a little better at the business side than I am. Uh, but like I used to be, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: now you have a duffel bag full of feelings. I'm just, of <laughs> just vulnerable, just alone <laughs> vulnerable in a room crying for, uh, Yeah.
1: I just don't like. Uh, it didn't improve my
0: comedy. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was just, the point? Just, uh, just yeah, dude. If you vulnerable. go through like
1: a tr- like a trial, a tribulation, a, a, a dark night of the soul, and then you don't get any jokes out of it, you're like, what the fuck? I didn't even <laughs> get anything funny out of this. I was thought I'm used to getting thirty minutes out of this yeah. kind of experience, but now, get yeah. nothing, man.
0: This is I. Uh, this is my theory. I think this is why, like so many people who were child actors are like nutso when they're adults is because they had to deal with all of that like vulnerability rejection stuff when they were like seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, and we can't do it as like 30 somethings or 40 somethings.
1: Yeah. You know how weird it (laughs) is when you go to an audition and like, there's all these people that look like you in the hallway. (laughs) Imagine like you're six, (laughs) you're eight and then there's just like cuter versions of you and then they get picked what kills me about auditioning is I want instant feedback. Like I, I when I tell a joke, there's an audience and they either laugh or they don't laugh. I know exactly where I stand immediately with them. And with auditioning, there's just like three people and none of them say anything to they you. They don't react no matter what, right? Yeah. I I don't know. Liz, do they rarely,
0: react? Rarely. Rarely. When they do, I'm like, I nailed that. I booked that. And I usually didn't. But like, <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> but video that's like all I seems want. Ideal. Yes. Here's the problem with video auditions though, is that you have to like find someone to read the other part with you. Yeah. Like self-tapes are great because I can do as many takes as I want and I don't have to wear pants and like it's a great sitch, but I also have to ask my roommates if they'll read lines on the other side.
1: <laughs> I just did my the that apple seed commercial that I got. I just did it by myself. I didn't even like... <laughs> there were like other... There's like... I'm supposed to be interacting with another... I just did it. I didn't ask anybody. Should I have asked my roommates? Yeah, I booked it. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Fine. I'm cool. It's whatever. It's whatever.
0: Uh,
1: so Liz, were you born Mormon?
0: Um. Yes. My journey... In and out and in and out of Mormonism. That sounded really sexual. (laughs) 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 Um, So I was born Mormon. My parents divorced when I was like kindergarten ish, and yeah, it's pretty (laughs) traumatic. Really, apparently, apparently, all of my issues now are because I'm a cliche and my parents got divorced and it messed me up.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Um, it was probably your fault, Joe. You know. probably probably taking you a while to deal with that
0: which is why if i can be perfect now people won't leave me (laughs) should i I let my kids know right now that it's definitely just their dad's fault yes maybe maybe probably Uh, you you could probably do that too with ethan
1: yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no he seems he both all of our kids just as i don't know maybe we did maybe liz seemed fine on the outside but like Ethan. Ethan, Lilith, Phoenix all seem like they're processing their parents divorce pretty well. Ethan's like, I feel like we got the Ethan got his divorce in really young. He doesn't even remember his parents together. And like, I don't know. He seems happy. He seems he seems chill.
3: Yeah. My kids didn't know we split up until a year after we split up. So I think there (laughs) is something
0: something helpful about that. Yeah. Just kind of eased them into it. Yeah, I, my parents, like their divorce was really amicable, like they're, they remained friends, but I, my sister and I stayed with my mom who left the church and so then we just were like not going to church and I was like, I'm going to be Wiccan, (laughs) which, but I was like (laughs) eight.
1: (laughs) When you were eight? Yeah. You knew about Wiccans?
0: I when I say I'm going to be Wiccan, what I meant is that I, like, watched knobs and Broomsticks <laughs> and then was like, I'm going to mix herbs in the kitchen and call it potions. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But then after a while, I was like, I think I had, like, a friend or something in elementary school who was like, come to church with us. And then I was like, I want to live with my dad because then we can, like, have the priesthood in our home and be a Mormon family.
1: Huh. And then I stayed. Were you still, vi- were you like visiting your dad? Were you going to church in that, in that time? Yeah. Okay. Like
0: when we would visit my dad, we would go to church. But and So that's
1: we- how, are you getting like this, the messages, uh, you know, every other weekend? Uh, is that what's making you miss the priesthood in your home? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so, but it also meant that like, I kind of had the best of both worlds cause I kind of had the experience of a convert and being born into the church. Cause like the first time I read the book of Mormon, I read it like by myself when I was 12. So I like mispronounced everything. So uh-huh. like for still in my head, when someone says Amalekiah, I'm like, who are they talking? Oh, Amalikia, that's who. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like I just so I like. My read favorite the book is more. Abby Natty. Abby Natty. Abby Natty. Ab- he's like still pretty cool though. Abinadi. Yeah. Like. What you mean, like? Speaking truth to power. The character, like h- him, is character. Yeah. Other
1: than that, you're like either name is cool. No, the character yeah. of a
3: Donald of Trump. He said I can call him
0: either. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> said I could call him either. Abby uh, Natty, he's my dog. What do you? How, how did you say Amalekiah? Amalekia. Amalekia. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, these are
3: how I would probably say these words if I read them on a piece of paper. because they're they're,
0: cr- they're crazy made up words. Like they're not words. They're I not just
1: love. I just love that. Then there's like Sam. Right. I like that
3: everyone <laughs> is in 2019 naming their kids like Joseph Smith. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Brigham. There are a lot of Brigham's. I read a really interesting article today that talked about. It was like. Kind of intense, but it was drawing comparisons between Donald Trump and Brigham Young.
1: I scrolled past that same article. Yeah. That it it was- soo- I mean, we did a lot. Of, there's an episode that's coming out like next week where we, I, I, I talk, we talk about the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Mm-hmm. And I compare it a lot to the El Paso Walmart shooting and Donald yeah. Trump's role in that. Is that what the article touches on? Yeah, that it talks
0: about, like, if you have a leader who is saying, like, I'm right, you need to trust me, I will guide you, and we are above the law, like, we're separate from the law, we're not accountable to it, then, like, massacres happen. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's someone with, like, 80 wives, and, like... I don't trust anyone that tells you to follow them. Yeah, me neither.
3: Any leader who says, let me be your leader, I'm like, nah.
0: Uh, this was so like this is partly because of my like going in and out and in and out of the church. I added hand motions. Yeah, why time. you adding um, hand? You're <laughs> just making it feel <laughs> every <laughs> time you do it. It felt right. The next time you're gonna use your hips. No, I'm sitting. That takes too much work. Um, but like my my dad and my stepmom are like kind of unorthodox Mormons. Like they're sort of the liberal, cool, progressive, progressive Mormons. Cool yeah. Hands. So I, I've always been like, "Mm, I don't know if I trust that. I don't know. I've always kind of questioned a little bit, but then like the last few years, like that shelf just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And now I'm like, I feel, I feel like I, I don't feel like it was wrong for me at the time to be Mormon. Mormon. Like, I feel like it brought a lot of goodness into my life, but I feel like I've outgrown
1: it. When did you outgrow it?
0: I can't, I don't know. Probably, like, around, the, around my divorce. So, before that, like, the last time I went in for a Temple Recommend interview, for those who don't know, Mormons go... Uh, how, is it one year or two years?
1: I can't it, remember. I think both sound correct to me right now.
0: <laughs> Maybe it changed Maybe. at some point. Well, anyway, in order to go to the temple and perform ordinances, um, you have to do a temple recommend interview. And there are these questions to just gauge your worthiness. And one of the questions is, do you uphold and sustain the leaders of the church? And I like sat in the Bishop's office and I was like, gay people should be allowed to get married. And it's not a sin yeah and my bishop was like yeah i All agree right. with you You just have
1: to say yes or no to these <laughs> questions <laughs> no okay. he was like
0: so cool about it he was like yeah i agree moving on and then he's like asked the next wow. question and well, then he was, was like that in? this was like 2016 or so like okay it was maybe 15 but it's also i just had like a really cool ward
1: like it, and that's one of the things about being mormon is it Like your experience depends on which guy they randomly called to be your leader. Yeah. You have some dudes would be like, all right, I need to set up a disciplinary council for you on the spot. (laughs) Right. And then other dudes are like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Moving on. You can still go to the temple. And then there'd be a a hundred dudes in the middle who would be like, oh, you know, uh, no offense. I still really like you, Sister Whitaker, but uh no recommend for you you know we're going to have to talk about this or i'm going to have to ask the stake president like it completely yeah. changes it's it depend- fucking
3: insane you have to go get interviewed once every year or two years to be allowed in the temple to be allowed in the temple yeah. yep what
0: a because anything could happen religion. in that year
1: <laughs> well the temp- yeah their justification is the temple's the literal house of god god's presence is there so only the worthiest people get to go in This seems and like a
3: great way to gauge how um, brainwashed your
0: victims (laughs) still are it's i have this like i really feel like some people like use mormonism that way and i also think that some people genuinely believe in it and think it's good and i don't know which is worse (laughs) like
1: what do you mean what do you mean i think
0: so if someone is like a shitty person and they're like this gives me power and I'm going to like wield my power. Then I feel like it's easier to call them out on it. But if someone is like coming from this place of genuine love and is trying to explain like, no, trans people don't have a place here in the church. It's harder to like talk to them about it. Uh (laughs) Like it's harder to, it's harder to hate them. (laughs) It's harder to be mad at them.
1: I kind of... I know what you mean. That is, that's awkward. I feel opposite, though. Cool. Hard to
0: yell
3: at someone that's smiling and being nice, but yeah, that's, that's it. Wrong. Maybe I just yeah. have a hard time like
0: not being nice.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just uh, it, they they bug me more because I'm like, well, I don't think I think then your God sucks. Like, don't why don't you understand? Why don't you agree that your God sucks? I also just think like it's different when like I'm talking to a gay Mormon. You know, someone who's gay and is still in the church uh, and uh, and the, I don't, I, that's fascinating in its own right. But then, like, I feel like the mo- more conversations that I have are with very privileged members of the church who's these like who who fit the bill. They're going to heaven. Right. Because right. they're attracted to the opposite sex and they're, you know, they're. They're the, they're the right race Check already. Boxes, and, like, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so then and so then they're just like, yeah, you know, uh, God, you know, just has rules and his rules uh are let define me perfectly, and everyone else on the planet that isn't defined but the same way I am is not going to heaven. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you know the way God designed the universe is to make me happy, and the rest of you need to be more like me. That that frustrates me. It gets under my skin.
3: Yeah, the rest of you need to force yourself to be like what I am naturally without trying. Yeah, so I'm like, well, yeah. it's
1: totally easy for you to say that, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. I'd never really thought about that idea of like privilege of like it really is it's the people it's part of the reason like why that the last ward that I was in, uh which I think I still technically am in because I haven't like removed my record. Yeah, we're all I'm, still in our last yeah, ward. <laughs> no, I've I'm holy ghosting them. Um <laughs> <laughs> I uh like but it was I think part of the reason I loved it is because it was like South Salt Lake, where everyone's like super poor, and like the like I smelled cigarette smoke all the time. People would come in in jeans with like their neck tattoos and like drunk and stuff, and and it was just par for the course, right? And like we had a couple people who like were in full psychosis sometimes, so like testimony meeting would be like a little touch and go, uh-huh. <laughs> but. It was. I think that's part of the reason I loved it is because it wasn't a bunch of like rich, white, straight Stepford people. white people. Yeah.
1: Of clones. I mean, my last ward that we were in was here, downtown Salt Lake. It's just like right over there. It's like a nice old historic building, beautiful stained glass. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first diverse ward that I had been in. And it was, <laughs> you know, way more progressive. And I thought this will save us. Like, we, oh. we have been stuck. We've been wasting away in Provo and hating everyone in Provo. But, like, now there's some more, like, like we're going to like these people better. And this will stay. And it didn't work. It didn't. And now I think, like, I'm more mad at the progressive Mormons than <laughs> I am anyone else, really. Because it's like, I, I just, I feel like you're an... And I wouldn't say this to their faces. I would respect their beliefs or whatever. But <laughs> you're whatever. lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself and you just, you just can't admit that you're scared to leave and that you want to stay because you are looking for this any small, tiny breadcrumb of progress. And then you all point to it and go, look. Look! Look! How look the church is coming into the last century. Like it's so fucking (laughs) behind, and like these 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 things that they're doing are so tiny. And then and it was like, it just to me it shows. Okay, so you do have a conscience. You do understand what the problems are in the church, and because otherwise you wouldn't be this excited. Like you wouldn't be this excited over this tiny little step forward if you weren't aware that these were all problematic and then but then you're choosing to stay you ch- every week you're choosing to stay in this problematic church and it's like i mean i and i don't you know that we got that comment from that lady who was like oh i can't wait for five years to pass when he'll be less bitter and i'm like <laughs> i was I think I'm just getting bitterer. Yeah, I'm like just I now sp-
3: getting bitter.
1: Yeah. Just, it just, <laughs> ha- like, when I first left, I was all like, hey, you know, uh, everybody has their own beliefs, and I would never, all my favorite people are Mormon, and, and now I am, I'm feeling way more bitter.
0: But I think, I always think, like, bitterness and anger, and I, like, always want to explain this to people who are like, people leave the church and then they can't leave it alone, that, like, anger is. Anger is always a secondary emotion. Anger is always covering up hurt or it's covering up fear.
3: Yeah. And also, I don't know, like, I think it's a pretty natural reaction to spend a significant amount of time processing your childhood or, you know what I mean? Like addicts quit doing drugs and then I guess you could say they can't leave it alone because while they're recovering and processing their addiction, they're talking about it. Like that is a ridiculous argument. And that sounds like the argument, the argument of someone who doesn't want people who are recovering from this religion to talk about their experiences recovering from this religion. Like, yeah, no shit. I grew up in this and I got
0: hurt by it and now I'm processing it. It's like, yeah, it's really dumb. And for so, like I, so few people, like I, I can think of like maybe one or two people who were like, snap, I'm out. Like for most people, it's like years or months of like being in that really painful in between place where you're like trying to hold up your shelf yeah. Or, like, f- grasping for those breadcrumbs, but also knowing that it's not, like, it hurts to be in that place. It's so, I think also maybe Jehovah's Witness, I don't know, it, the, the
3: recovery from Mormonism is so unique from people who have left other churches or other religions, because... Most people that I've talked to that left Jehovah's Witness, it was like, oh, yeah, straight up a cult that I was being controlled by. They're more traumatized, I would say, because like, that religion is... They're mostly trapped in it because their family's in it and they don't want to let go of their family. Not a huge crisis of faith, though. I, like, most of the... And I'm generalizing with the people that I've interacted with, but most of the Jehovah's Witnesses are like, yeah, I knew it was bullshit, but the decision to leave it was never speak to my family again. So just very obvious cult grew up knowing it's a cult, but then kind of had, which is traumatic in its, in its own way. But then most people who leave Christianity legitimately just want to sin, you know, it's not really a crisis (laughs) of faith. It's like, Oh, I can't fuck. All right. Well, I'm going to go do literally anything else. (laughs) And, um, but all of the Mormons have this like heartbreaking, the shelf thing that, that I've never encountered in, you know, and I, I circled the indoctrinated, um, (laughs) they have this separate thing. That was the conversation that was so interesting with Brady, where when Brady was talking about people just want to sin. And I'm like, I'm like, I left Christianity to smoke weed or drink or do Coke or something. I can't remember one of them. I left it at one point to fuck for sure. And, but I've never met a Mormon that that was it ever
1: no me neither uh, no, i i i have met some but like <laughs> what's frustrating is that people like brady won't believe us it's like w- like list because they the, that narrative just comes from church leaders right that's told to like people you know in our scriptures and in our lessons and in conference and stuff we we're told that but like if you actually listen to us you know like
0: Well like and it and half of the things like I guess probably from the outside because the thing that like finally broke my shelf is that like in the in the in the aftermath of my divorce one of the things that I was processing is like oh the way that I was taught about sexuality and like my sexuality as a woman was like really really screwed up and it comes like Partly from society, but like mostly from Mormonism.
1: Yeah, there's doctrine stuff and there's yeah. cultural stuff. And, and so it's...
0: I was like, OK, I think the only way I can untangle this and recover from this is to take my own power back to say I'm the one who gets to decide who I have sex with and under what circumstances, the only person who gets to say no is a partner <laughs> because I'm not, cause I'm all about consent. Yeah. But, but then there was like this window of time where I was like fucking a guy that I was friends with and also teaching Sunday school Hot and very hot. <laughs> yeah. Not at the same time. Although the Less guy, okay. the guy that I was dating at the time occasionally does like photo shoots for the church. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I have heard like stories like this. Him, people not leaving, like see fucking... him in advertisements for the church and be like, <laughs> "Is that one of
1: those jobs you have to have a temple recommend for?" No,
0: that one you didn't. Okay. So he he was like long out, but I it kind constantly got get to...
1: emails from like LDS casting. Oh like yeah. For some whatever we need a family for this commercial about chapel safety or something whatever they're filming you know <laughs> what uh, could possibly go it's wrong so in a chapel. Like, to get yeah to to be an actor in one of these uh, like commercials you have to have a temple recommend
0: yeah oh, jesus yeah. yeah so i so i got, it got to a point where <laughs> i was like well i'm having sex with someone i'm not married to and i don't feel bad about it and i don't want to repent And I already have problems with a lot of other things. So I think I might be done with the church. Yeah, I think I am.
1: Um, (laughs) Isn't it funny how we go out with a whimper at the end? I know for me and uh, several other people, like I wrestled with it for years and years and years and thought, how could I ever? It's going to be so traumatic to leave. Like, how will I do it? And then one day it's just like, yeah, I think I'm done. Yeah. It's like it,
0: like I, it almost happened without me noticing. It was just all of a sudden like, Oh yeah, I haven't been to church in a few months and I think it's going to stay that way. And then like, I have, I have this group of friends from college that we all kind of fell out of touch for a while, but now all of us have found out that all four of us are out of the church. And now we have like all these conversations, new things in common. Yeah. 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 And now, and one of the things someone said was like, yeah, the other morning I was like, drinking my coffee and like glanced at my tattoo and i was like oh this is what it feels like to be a normal human being having an experience being a human on earth like all the things that we were told
1: would be so bad yeah that would ruin us us any happiness yeah wickedness never was happiness alma 41 (laughs) 10 i think
0: yeah better than me but the thing is like either it does or it's not wickedness so bananas that you guys couldn't drink coffee. We had a an, espre-
3: <laughs> no. we had an espresso <laughs> cart in like a, you know, like a, like a with, food cart with, your communion. with espresso in the lobby of the church. That's I w- where I, I got addicted have,
0: to espresso. I would have judged you so hard when yeah. I was like 14.
1: <laughs> when was, was your period of like, I want to go back to the beginning, the beginning of this in and out, in and out phase. <laughs> and uh know what like the first things on your shelf were. When were you the most Mormon? When were you inactive? All that kind of stuff.
0: I think I was probably the most Mormon as like a a teenager, like through high school.
1: Where were you where were you as a teenager? Uh, in Utah? Southern Oregon. Southern Oregon.
0: Yeah. So I had no like choice Medford? but to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Medford, Oregon and the San Francisco Bay Area. So I just had no choice but to become a hippie but I I think teenage years and like all the like all the church history stuff that is usually a big thing for like our generation like I knew a lot of it and I don't really remember how but I remember like going through this weird phase like years ago when people are like I never knew that Joseph Smith had multiple wives and I was like you didn't I didn't we all didn't we learn that but I think it was just because my dad is like Mormonism in all of its messiness and glory. Mm, that's and, not a bad way to present it. Yeah. And then, so, and but I never went to like EFY or anything like that. So I had this vision of BYU-Idaho being like the haven of the faithful. <laughs> is it not? I, it's not. <laughs> it's not? I it's guess there's not. a lot of people <laughs>
1: rebelling there. And I was one of them. Really? But I, when you know, I, when my when
0: rebellion I, is like not... Extreme though. No, <laughs> so. I
1: mean, how could there's like, how can you rebel in Rexburg? Is there even alcohol to to find in Rexburg?
0: They're probably like, I I did throughout my time in Rexburg. I was like, I if I wanted weed, I could probably find it. But my rebellion was like. I'm going to skip Sunday school today. Nice. I'm going to say damn it on campus.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dang. Like, you can get kicked out for that. I
0: don't know. I'm going to wear flip flops. I was just going to say, yeah. what kind of shoes were you wearing? Yeah, no, But like
1: yeah, but like Brady thought he was rebelling when he was at BYUI, you know? He this had, had a, girls over had, his apartment. Right? Like, yeah. But, uh, that
3: does actually sound very rebellious for this <laughs> environment. For BYUI, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I feel like it's a haven of the dorks. Like it's just the <laughs> dorkiest.
0: It is.
1: Just like they have to, you have they like they almost give you a dorky dress code too.
0: It's so dorky. There was a thing they don't do this anymore, but there was a thing that they would do uh, in the dorms where it used to be, boys had to be out of girls' apartments and vice versa at 11 p.m. But curfew wasn't till midnight. So everyone was like having sex in their cars because there's just an hour of time. I'm honestly
1: sex surprised. Sex in their cars? Probably. Or were they like making out?
0: Probably all of the above. Okay. Uh, so there so there's a period of time where like there was just an hour where people were like, well, I'm freezing, but we can't be inside. <laughs> so I can't believe that you're allowed inside of
3: each other's apartments. That, only only the living only room. Only this room.
0: Only the living room. Still. I don't do so. I don't but think if, you, if you had a boy in your apartment after the boys out the ra would like come and check and if it was like 1102 uh you would get quarantined and they would put a letter q on your ah, apartment
1: door is it scarlet
0: no i dang always said it. it should be and then you couldn't be. have a part you couldn't have boys over for a week dang even though we were like 20
1: <laughs> wow there's
0: probably a, paying for the apartment yeah did, thing bo- did it.
1: boys get quarantined as well like they're the the boyars. I don't I don't was remember because I, I think I think women.
0: I think the men's dorms didn't have living rooms. Like I think it was just <laughs> like a bedroom. They're like you're
1: not gonna decorate it, guys. Right. Just <laughs> right. You don't get one.
0: Yeah, because then it became it became offices. Because then when I taught at BYU Idaho, I was oh, an adjunct on. professor.
1: What for? You went back two
0: years. I never wow. left, baby. Uh <laughs> I it did it took me eight years to get my bachelor's because I just kept like flunking out or taking time off to make money and stuff and then I graduated in December of 2012 and like just kind of threw my name in to like be adjunct to teach English and then over Christmas break they were like Hey, do you want to teach? And I was like, uh, This isn't yeah. a
1: real university <laughs> yeah. for crying out loud. No other university in America can you get a job like that. Just yeah. like, I'm just, I don't, did you have your bachelor's yet? I had
0: just gotten
1: it. You just gotten it. Yeah. You threw your name in, and they were like, "Oh, thank God, we can't get anyone else to right. agree that creationism <laughs> is the only thing that we'll teach at this school." So
0: I was, I was a sneaky teacher, though. I would like sneakily teach them that climate change was real and stuff.
1: Nice. So,
0: I really love teaching. So My favorite
1: talking to like students at BYU who had transferred from BYUI, I I loved collecting stories for them because they always had. They were just like, "Yeah, man." I was in, you know, like a science class, a university level science class and they were just like and then uh like, you know, dinosaurs never existed on this planet, as we all know. <laughs> what the fuck? The bones, the bones were, you know, as we know, uh, Jesus and Michael uh, created <laughs> the planet from existing matter. So there were other planets that had dinosaur bones in their soil. And when we make the, pl- the planets together, that's how we have dinosaur bones. And we're like, <laughs> I have to transfer. That was <laughs> I never, have to get out.
0: <laughs> thank God. That was never my science class. I would have walked out. I did. I did walk out of uh like a Book of Mormon class once because the teacher passed out this like dumbass inflammatory thing that was like Breitbart level stupid about abortion. What? And it was like in the next life the piles of babies will cry out from the earth and their blood is upon your hands because of the Mexico City policy reversal of Obama, the <laughs> Antichrist. And I was like mm. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. And then I like, this is so self-righteous. I like emailed the whole class and was like, I urge you to research this issue.
1: <laughs> so a little self-righteous, but like, but also accurate. I was right. Yeah. You're so standing up for what you believe in. You're giving them a different opinion. Yeah. I just had a friend, Drew, who uh, shed some light, like something that I can't believe I didn't realize before at BYU. I like you're supposed a lot of teachers start off every class with like a spiritual thought. But I didn't go to those professors. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But, like, most classes, you would have them randomly. Like, at some point, the teacher would be like, okay, we're starting this class off, usually at the start of the semester, and then, like, uh, sporadically throughout. And I just thought of it as, like, the teacher must have just felt the spirit or something. (laughs) Just, you know, like, the way that we feel guilty about not doing family home evening. You know? (laughs) I don't know if your dad ever... uh, It sounds like your family was, you know, more... I felt like my mom was on this cycle... Of, like, every now and then she would have some lesson in church on Sunday and then come home, racked with guilt, and be like, We're doing family home evening. We're doing family scripture study. And it would last like a week. And then we'd go back. Yeah. <laughs> But then uh, Drew pointed out that, these t- that he was like, no, like student reviews were coming up. And they, at BYU, they get reviewed on their spirituality. Like that's one of the things. If they yeah. want to keep their job, they have to b- oh, get shit. a certain number in their spirituality grade. And so they're just like, and I was like, that explains all my cool liberal professors who just like begrudgingly are like, so here's a scripture. <laughs>
0: No, I, never I totally why forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Like my course evaluations from when I was teaching, it's on, It it's stuff like, was the teacher prepared? Were homework assignments cleared? Did she integrate? Invite the spirit. Yeah. Did she invite the spirit? But here's, so this like, my crisis of faith, my leaving the church like ruined my life. <laughs> my plan was, so the reason I got my master's degree in writing is because I was like, well, BYU-Idaho has this Pathway program where you can teach online. And I know a bunch of the people in the English department because I taught there. So I can get my master's degree, then apply to Pathway, and then work from home on my own schedule and pursue, like, acting and other things. And uh, and I already, like, have the connection. I've been, like, I've, I'm familiar with the Foundation English 101 curriculum because I taught it for four semesters. And then halfway through my degree, my master's, like, I got divorced and my faith was like, maybe not. And so now I was like, well, now I just have a degree and I can't find an adjunct job that will pay me. So I will keep working at this graphic design firm for 20 hours a week. Dang. <laughs> like.
1: A lot of people have to fake it or they just, they stay in it because... Their job is connected to their faith.
3: Are there any secular teachers at BYU?
1: Dude, I actually had one professor Klein in the Italian department was not Mormon. And
0: I think at BYU Idaho, I don't think I think you have to have an I believe endorsement. It. They always I have could, some extra had to, rule at BYU. I had to wear a dress or skirt to teach to teach at BYU Idaho. A what? A dress or a skirt. Like I couldn't. Oh, a dress yeah, Jess is so unfamiliar with
1: dresses. She was like, "A what?"
3: I thought she said a dresser skirt. A and dresser like, skirt. What is a dresser? You know, skirt. from the temple. Like, the dresser skirt. Like drawers in it.
1: Uh, lots of that little be apron so, pockets. It's so handy. It would be. uh No, at, at BYU there are a few rare professors. That are not Mormon,
3: but it's probably like you could be have never been Mormon, not ex Mormon. Absolutely, oh, you yeah. could not
1: exactly. You can't be an ex Mormon. Yeah, you, definitely can, not. you can. You get yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you get interviewed by a church authority. Uh, you get uh like someone not like like one of the top tier, but a lower tier general like, authority interviews. Yeah, like you. one of the seventy. Yeah, they like, and that. They don't ask you about your teaching credentials. That's someone right. else's job. They're there to gauge your spiritual readiness to shape the young Mormon minds at BYU.
3: Well, the less credentials the better probably if we're going to teach like alternate <laughs> yeah.
1: dinosaur timelines. BYU is strange because it is like it has like certain programs that are tops in the nation and they they have t- professors that have this like sp- I don't know uh I'm trying to. What's the word that I want? Their brains are all like I don't know. They're like they're teaching all this progressive stuff. Like my my gender class is teaching stuff that goes against the Proclamation to the world. But she's also a temple recommend holding uh, Mormon. Well, you know?
0: but now, but now, like I would argue, it wasn't against the Proclamation then, because the language of the Proclamation says gender is eternal. And oh, it was dude. just recently. I
1: remember having this uh, debate in the class. Oh yeah. Of yeah. being
0: like, is gender the same as sex as uh-huh. biological sex?
1: It's like one of the first vocab things we had to learn in class was like the difference between gender and sex. And so then uh, and like none of us knew what it was that they were different things. And so I was like, What are the odds that Gordon B. Hinckley knew the difference between gender and sex? <laughs> and they were like, He was a prophet, he knew. And I was like, uh, I don't know, man. He was born in like nineteen hundred. I bet he didn't know, <laughs> or I bet the lawyers at at Curtin McConkie didn't know, <laughs> like what they were saying. But uh, yeah, Dallin H. Oaks, right? is not it Dallin who came I, out and said it? I n- it or might was have, it Russell?
0: I think it was Russell. Oh,
1: my bad. It was Russell. Yeah, like, I just assume if someone's saying <laughs> shit about trans people, I was like, it's probably Dallin.
0: <laughs> yeah, like he he just recently clarified, like no, the language it means like your biological sex, which at birth, at birth, birth, he specifies. So like, like I, I talked to someone once years ago who was trans and they were still in the church. And he said like, it was really painful for a long time. And that he had this really strong, like spiritual experience of like, this is just your body while you're here. And all kinds of things can happen to bodies. And sex determination is one of them. And you are male. And you will be male in the next life. Your spirit. And you will have a, a male body to match your male spirit. But like now the prophet of the church said "There, that's not true. You're, my revelation trumps your personal revelation. And there's not a place for you. And I've told everyone else to be nice to you. But that's not the same.
1: Right. So... Uh, well, to be fair, there's still a lot of stuff in that class that was against the proclamation, (laughs) but there's a lot of gray area too, right? Where like, and this is where I feel like progressive Mormons and like I myself did it when you, you want to marry these two ideas that seem opposed. So you find, you know, language that's a little bit ambivalent and you say, well, maybe, Like if we say gender here, you know, and I feel like uh, people did that for a while. Right. I've definitely heard that argument before that, like my spirit is eternal, but like just the like this body or whatever, like that doesn't just my sex designation at birth doesn't mean uh, that that is my gender. And now the prophet has been like, uh, no, it definitely is. So this, like, what about and like, the and that the it's two two like an important part of God's plan. Like you're you're a dude, and to stop being a dude or to not accept it is. So what violation about like of
0: the two percent of all human beings, like millions of people, who, like their literal bodies are not male or female, like who yeah, are intersex. There's like a there's lot, lot of no, people in the middle
1: (laughs) there's like i mean i can't remember now we had to watch this documentary in that class (laughs) that talked about like these different uh signifiers of, of of sex and uh you know like genitals is what we usually think of but that's like one it's like one thing uh there are uh like women like people someone who's born with a vagina who doesn't have a womb like they have no womb they have a they have a vagina like in, uh there are uh there's yeah. There's lots of different weird scenarios that that people come out in lot in more than just these binary things. Doesn't he use the word bin? Didn't he use the word binary? Yeah, I think like he, bi- like that that God's plan is binary. And I'm like, well then yeah. God needs to stop fucking up on the assembly line. <laughs> like there's people that are being born that aren't do not fit into one of these two categories. And for you, a prophet of God who went to college, I think you were a doctor. Like weren't you a a, a heart no? He,
0: he's the supreme. Supreme Court Justice the Utah Supreme Court Justice
1: wait are that, is it not Russell I thought down anyway oh. whatever they're highly educated people and it's just so weird that you can't like f- open a book Watch a documentary, do prejudice. a YouTube search. It's yeah, prejudice. It's, you just can't it's like bigotry. open That's your it. mind, like realize that there are people that are out there that don't look like you. Not everyone is born with the same dick and balls like you are. Like people are come out all different ways. So is your God, uh, like an all-knowing guy who has this perfect binary plan, or is he like dr- is he drunk at the wheel? Like what's <laughs> happening?
0: It Ugh. really, it really is like I like when I was still kind of trying to like walk that fine line between like progressive and and like staying in that I was like I uh, maybe maybe I kind of I lost my train of thought I got distracted by noises. <laughs> give me a minute I'll find okay. it uh, oh I remember I remember like praying about some of these things and like like the November policy. In 2015 with like the children of gay couples not being allowed to be baptized that I like prayed about it. And like the revelation, what I would call a revelation that I received was like, this is not from me. This is the prejudices of men. This is.
1: Did you tell anybody that?
0: I told everyone that. (laughs) Did
1: you tell leaders that?
0: Uh... Kind of during that, during like that Bishop's interview,
1: you were in a cool ward, man. How do you yeah. not get like burned at the stake for witchcraft.
0: <laughs> no, my, this is like my Bishop at the time. He said that when he was called to be a Bishop that when he was called to be a Bishop that he like called his best friend and was like, Hey, I have some news. And he was like, are you and your wife pregnant? And he was like, no. And he was like, Oh, you're leaving the church. <laughs> and he was like, oh, "No, wow. actually, <laughs> the opposite." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like told <laughs> I told everyone I was like, "This is this this doesn't feel right to me." And like the night when yeah. I found out that Kate Kelly got excommunicated, communicated. excommunicated, I I like cried. I like remember like kneeling in sobbing prayer and saying this this doesn't feel right this isn't right like and it wasn't it wasn't no and like and like you talking about like wasn't the September 6th weren't they professors at BYU dude
1: i was going to talk about the September 6th yeah. G, that was another news story in the last week yeah that one of the so jessa i'm going to uh, Fully scour the Wikipedia page and would we'll do a, a full episode on it. So that, okay. but I'm not. But the September 6 is in 91. Liz is it
0: 1991? Uh, I it's, sure. early 90, it's early 90s. Yeah. And
1: in one month in the in September six, uh, liberal Mormons all got excommunicated. And this is like like even the summer of Kate Kelly and John DeLynn. It doesn't compare to like how big of a deal this was uh, that September. Wow. But they were they were authors. They were like people who wrote like books for Mormons. Uh, yeah. And they some of them were professors and they all got excommunicated for uh, like conduct, either conduct unbecoming of a member, uh, which is to say uh, they were quote unquote criticizing the church, but really like they weren't even a lot of people were like, well, I didn't even realize I was criticizing the church. I literally wrote a history book. That's it. A, like a, you can't, I just wrote down the facts that happened. Right. I used your quotes like I didn't, but you know, then they just, so they call it conduct unbecoming or for teaching apostasy, which is like more outspoken criticism. And six of them got X and some of them have been rebaptized into the church since. But, uh, just last week, a, one of the women who had written a book, uh, had, she's been going to church this whole time. She goes to church yeah. every Sunday and doesn't take the sacrament doesn't give any prayers, can't hold a calling, but she goes every Sunday. This is a woman who wants to be Mormon. She wants, I don't know why, but she wants <laughs> to be. And 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 she applied to be rebaptized and the First Presidency denied it. They're like, "Nope." She said she didn't get any explanation for it. She doesn't know why. They're just it's, well, she says it's their problem, not mine. 30 uh,
3: years. 30 years she's been going since she was yeah. excommunicated. Yeah.
1: And they're like, nope. And But like it does. There's no like it, the I don't understand how some people got re-baptized back. But then this lady isn't. and I don't understand why she still goes or whatever. Was but it like,
3: dudes that got baptized
0: back?
1: No, there's a there's a <laughs> woman who also got baptized back in. There, Although there, there that wouldn't
0: and, surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK. To, so to explain the intro, has Aaron talked to you about this like witnessing ordinance thing that just happened? No. No. OK. So in Mormonism. There are sacred ordinances that can only be performed by the priesthood. And in order for them to count, they have to be witnessed. Like someone serves as a witness. Just like
1: when you get married, you know, someone's there to witness.
0: But the witnesses always had to be priesthood holders too. And then just like this last week, the church announced um, that now any worthy member of the church... Can be a witness to an ordinance. So like what that means is that like the thing that women were already doing which is watching ordinances (laughs) that they can't perform now it counts for them to witness but also it's so unimportant that literally a child can do it. So. yeah, like now
1: eight, like and when they say any worthy member, they mean like an eight year old kid who's been baptized into the church is also fits that description. So he like a child could be a witness and also women. And this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying to get mad at the at progressive Mormons who are, who are shouting for joy at this stuff because it was like, you sh- are you not embarrassed? Like that's, that is so, that's such a teeny tiny breadcrumb. Like Kate Kelly got x for asking for priesthood. She was like, I want us to have the priesthood. And I talked about it on leaving the tribe, where, like, when she asked that, I thought, oh, shit, women are about to get the priesthood. Uh-huh. Like, the prophet's totally going to ask God. And God's totally going to be like, yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask me. Of course, women can have the priesthood. There's no reason why they can't. And uh, instead, they're like, no, you should leave. And and then they since since she's been gone, they've made these teeny tiny little adjustments like, you know, before she was ex they let people they let uh, us everyone watch priesthood session like we'll televise priesthood session now. OK, thumbs up. But then there's like other little things other that like they treat as huge victories for women in the church. And this is like now you can ha- sign your name to a baptismal certificate certificate also for temple ceilings and yeah. stuff like that. But uh. At the same time that they're just like, also children can do it at the same time.
3: It's like more insulting. It's yeah, I yeah. think so. It's I also so. breadcrumbing. Like in narcissist terms, it's breadcrumbing. It's like I want to keep you on the line, so I'm going to give you the bare minimum, so that you look ungrateful, or so that you
1: look
0: and like crazy everyone, for complaining, but I'm not actually week, giving you anything.
1: It's the same week. Like you're gonna. How, how can you get? On your Twitter stake and 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 shout for joy about women being witnesses. At the same time, he's like biological sex is determined at birth and is a part of God's plan. And if you're trans, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Like that's the same from yeah. the same prophet in the same week, the same church. Like your church is taking uh, a tiptoe forward and then eight steps backwards every time.
0: And it hurts people. Like this, like that's, I think that's like what's behind all of our anger is that this hurts people. This like tells people, like I pointed out to my therapist once whom I'm obsessed with. I said something about a worthiness interview and she was like, a, a what? what? <laughs> that was a, a lot of my reaction to yeah. early finding out about Mormonism. Yeah. She's like... A what? Yeah. that she And she was like, literally the word worth is in there. Yeah. Like someone yeah. else is measuring your worth. Yep. Someone
1: who's unqualified, who doesn't know you very well, <laughs> and has his own baggage and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Measures our worth. It's From the abuse. time we're kids.
0: It's abuse. Like,
3: uh, just the narrative that God, that you are deficient and you are wicked you are so wicked but god is willing to love you anyway is such grooming it's such it's a it's an abusive relationship it is the psychological setup of an abusive person
0: yeah it's and it 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 puts you in this like impossible place and like especially as a woman because then you're also like your it's conditional love like your worth is right. based on what you do and don't do what you wear and don't wear so then like the when i first got married it was like a mind fuck because i was like well i have this like sacred duty to my spouse and to be sexual but also i have all of this programming that's like don't do this because if you do this your worth is shattered and I, and I, it's like Im- impossible. It's impossible. And like because, and also, it wasn't. You know, there's absolutely no other option. There's no way you could be like, well, I'm struggling with this. So why don't you get it elsewhere? Right. Or why don't you like go into the bathroom with your hands and take care of this? That like, well, l- leave
1: him the bedroom. You make him. <laughs> you know, make him stand I'm up. In the, in, I'm uh- in
0: the bedroom. You take care of this on your own. Now, of course, I think differently, but like, <laughs> but the but I remember like I was having such a hard time. I went to the BYU Idaho Counseling Center to like try to figure stuff out. And when I told the therapist that I occasionally jerked off, she sent me to like twelve step.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's my jam. Yeah, was-
0: for women. <laughs> yeah, and it was like so much. I just did a sh- so much shame.
1: Oh, I bet. Like, I just did a show in in Boise where someone in the audience was the first woman that I, like I did my 12-step jokes, you know? Uh-huh. And there was a, a woman who was like, I've been to those. And I was like, at the spouse's meeting? Like, cause <laughs> your husband was doing it? She was like, no, I did it. And I was like, oh, damn. I didn't even know that they had meetings for you guys.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, the idea of... Like if if I had if you had told Liz ten years ago, like, oh, you'll talk about jerking off like into a microphone, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, No, I'm not. That's not gonna happen because that's the deepest, darkest secret I have. Like Dude, yeah. Well.
1: <laughs> like it's definitely it's definitely bad for regardless, right? They don't want you to masturbate. But I think like they expect the boys to do it. They expect the boys yeah. to have problems with it. they They expect boys to be sexual, you know, and the in and, and the way that they talk to boys, there's that expectation. And the way they talk to girls is to be like asexual. You know, yeah. like you, they like, you should, they, I know this is going to be a foreign concept to you, to you girls, an alien idea, but these boys that you're about to go on dates with want to have sex with you. I know that sounds very gross to you <laughs> and you would never think of such things. That's why you, but we, we need you to be extra virtuous, double virtuous to save the boys from <laughs> themselves. Right? <laughs> like, like that. Have yeah, so society
3: them? Society did that sure yeah uh, as a whole it, it's only like the last like I feel like really five years that I see the majority of women being like no I want to come
0: it was
3: weird for women to like from the time you're little it's like you're not going to want to have sex and men are all this they care gonna about you're going to want to get married and they're going to want to fuck you and then you're going to try to be their boy you know and it's like Uh, Only very recently did it become, uh, just from society. But yeah, but then on top of that, it's also your responsibility to stop them from raping you. Yeah. And and, uh, controlling their...
0: I feel like women have, like you have for so long, it felt like you have two choices. You can be the virgin or you can be the whore. And that's like something other people have written about. Yeah. That like, that now, thank God, finally, it's like, oh no, I can just literally be a human (laughs) like i don't have to be i don't have to like be a slut or be asexual i can just be whatever i am (laughs) was that i i don't remember if you've talked about this jessa like was it that did you get that idea when you were in christianity well,
3: that's what I was going to ask if if uh, they spent a lot of time talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. Is it Proverbs 31? Tell us about Proverbs. No, I don't. We- she gets up bef- while it's still dark. She sews clothing. She makes everybody food. Um, she dresses nice. Pretty sure it's a Proverbs thirty one. Yeah, yeah. Who the who can
0: find a virtuous woman for her prices above rubies? Exactly.
3: Yeah. So they spent a lot of time talking about this sort of thing. Talked a lot about women wearing makeup, making sure that you're pretty, making sure that you fuck good, you know, for your husband. How do they phrase that? What do you?
1: (laughs) What do they? How do they?
3: Oh, you know, a lot of wink, wink. Um, Yeah, because it was a very charismatic. You know, our pastor once came in on a motorcycle. (laughs) is <laughs> um, a prosperity church so there was a lot of like yeah we had like entire things about sex that is a sensuality. confusing
1: message like, i feel be like sexual in the be very sexual but only in this one instance i
0: feel like in mormonism it gets couched in like in terms like that this is This is from God. This is a gift from God. Well, y'all bailed, you got rid of the Song
3: of Solomon in Mormonism, right? So the Song of Solomon's like, climb that bitch like a tree. (laughs) 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 And then uh, the marriage bed is undefiled is a thing. So they kind of, you know. Yeah,
1: what was Joe? Why did. Joe had a have a problem he was to fuck it's yeah, weird he seems very DTF but he doesn't but like that had
0: st- to be a secret though yeah <laughs> no, it just seems why. weird
1: like he could have just embraced it and been like actually God told me that Song of Solomon is his favorite book and uh, we're it's r- like really gonna so lean into
3: explicit. it yeah it I think make it might have just dirty. been
1: like uh more of an influence of the the day and age like that's Puritan America and I, yeah. like it might have just been like that. Everyone, every religion in America at that time was saying Song of Solomon is no good. Right. Right. Like it could. And I yeah. feel like Joseph, you know, is a, well, is a man I, of his and own and time. Like
0: the King James Bible also. This is I'm going to get nerdy. And also, I'm not an expert, but I have a microphone, so <laughs> and I might get facts wrong. But the King James Bible, James was like King James was super bisexual Like, he he had a boyfriend (gasps) whom he kept promoting, like, through the ranks of the nobility of England. Really? And historians are like, they were just really good friends, (laughs) (laughs) like they always do. Roommates. Yeah, yeah. But they were (laughs) lovers. And the, like, church at the time was like, James, you have to stop fucking this Duke. And, like, do your God-given duty and give us more airs and, like, this is not okay. And he was like, well, what if I commission a translation of the Bible? They were like, yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe we'll leave you alone. And so he did. And that's why we have the King James Bible. I love that.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. So just to get left alone, like, I need some peace and quiet for me and the duke.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, you know, I'll win over some voters with the, yeah, with the new so Bible.
0: I have a theory that, like, I want to know, like, is the stuff about homosexuality that's in the Bible, is that, like, from the Greek and the Hebrew? Or is that, like, the church at the time being like, did you hear that, King James? Yeah. Take in that the- <laughs> dick out your mouth.
1: <laughs> the new Bible sales.
0: New Bible. We were also, it was,
3: like, anti masturbation they didn't treat it like it was a disease but it was like you're not supposed to masturbate but if you're married you can masturbate as mm-hmm. long as it doesn't infringe on sex so once uh-huh. you were married it was kind of like free to do whatever as long as it didn't fuck your marriage up which if you have a 24 hour fucking refractory
1: period uh, it did I, I just want to say I that sounds fishy to me every time you say it i don't believe
0: The refractory period? Yeah,
1: 24 hours to come again? That's a very... To get hard again. To get hard again. No way.
0: That does seem He just doesn't want to (laughs) have sex.
3: Well, I don't know that it's exactly 24 hours, but yeah, he doesn't want to fuck for the rest of the the day once he comes, once he came. That's a very
1: low sex drive. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. That's a a very low sex. I
3: feel like that was what people thought it was. Like, once you came, that was it. I don't like because it used to be men were like, women can have multiple orgasms. What we're (laughs) spent after one. And uh, sorry, I'm
0: (laughs) shouting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It deserves to be shouted.
3: I feel like that was like a a general belief back then. Yeah, because once a guy came, it was, you know, if men come after 30 seconds. It's like a big disappointment because <laughs> most of them aren't fucking you again. A couple minutes later,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, it's so strange to me. I don't know. But also, like it's just like how like I'm, I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna get hard like immediately. But like, give me 15 minutes and I can <laughs> go again, right? I just feel like, uh, like I will jerk off the like in the the evening or whatever before a date and then still have sex later that evening and i just think it's weird that like uh your husband was like oh sorry babe i jerked off this morning that means we can't (laughs) we can't go again until uh (laughs) at nine (laughs) to which i would reply
0: is you also have a tongue (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) we also have hands you have fingers yeah um <laughs> he's
3: probably a selfish piece of shit but i just remember yeah. he would like jerk off in into like the kitchen towel he would make like homemade vaginas or whatever and i would be at work and i'd come
0: home and
1: they're sorry be, like, what
0: <laughs> sorry yeah Wait, Could sorry. you I could did, you go back
1: i didn't know you were married to the pioneer of the fleshlight <laughs> <laughs> he was he in in in, in
3: like did you telling me that i've never talked about his fifis on this podcast Fee-fees? his what What's never fi- heard of a fifi. What's a fifi?
1: What, what
3: if I'm <laughs> pronouncing <laughs> it wrong? Like me, 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 M- <laughs> Never heard it's of his a fifi. It's called a feth. He would take kitchen towels and put like saran wrap on the inside of them, and then fill them with vaseline or something. <laughs> Jesus, <What? laughs> that sounds like so we much were, work. Well, I, when I, you, I, I. I was married to a teenager. Right, I
1: mean, a very, a very, a uh, uh, problem. Of <laughs> So, uh, he's the okay. Thomas
0: Edison of teenage husbands. Yeah.
1: <laughs> in that he made a million things that were really bad. Right. <laughs> but then he would, like, leave it in the kitchen. So what that's that's what that. a dumbass. All right. So he, a towel, I'm imagining it, he has a towel in his hand and they put saran wrap over top of it. And then and he then rolls Vaseline it, on he the rolls saran wrap.
3: And then tapes it.
1: Tapes it. And so now he's got a, it's just taped around his dick. Well, he's, like, in his and, hand, I guess. And he's holding yeah. off with it. And so a Vaseline saran wrap with a towel on the outside. Yeah. Wow. You
0: did like he shark was, tank that. He was so yeah. bad.
3: He was so bad at lying. Like I remember one time there was this chick named Tanya Strange that he cheated on me with. And then one time I came home. Like I was... Oh, it was one of the times that I pretended to be out of town to see if I could catch him cheating. <laughs> and I was actually just like down the street casing the joint. And, uh, <laughs> and I came home and the, the fucking... <laughs> The phone book, the yellow pages, was open to strange. <laughs> 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 just sitting on the floor, he was the worst—not slick at all. But anyway, he just put the kitchen. He just put the towel back in the kitchen, but like with the saran wrap and the vaseline. So I and the cum. And what the cum. This.
1: The cum is inside as well. Yes.
3: I think it was open ended. I don't know. Uh, well then, where's the cum? <laughs> I'm not. I didn't like, you know, open it up like an ear candle. <laughs> <I just laughs> Wow.
0: i hate it so much oh my god it sounds like so much work mm. like it, ha- i don't understand like how that would be different from just your hand even well it's, <laughs>
1: it's, a, a, it's yeah, a lot yeah. of
3: work to not fuck your wife yes <laughs> a lot yeah, of steps involved fuck your yeah. wife,
1: man. <laughs> your teenage wife uh wait, did you work all the 12 steps liz did you get the workbook How long Um, did you go to meetings or were you just like, I'm going to quit this?
0: I think, I think I quit it, but I think it was because I like was not in school anymore. Like I think it was the semester off. And so I was like, we're done here.
1: Did you quit masturbating because of it? No. No. Okay. Yeah. I don't know a (laughs) single person who asked. for
0: No. When I told like the fact that this therapist, like a licensed therapist who should know better, Sent me to 12 steps because when I told that story to my current therapist, she was like, she like paused and looked up at me and she was like, this is really unprofessional, but what the fuck?
1: (laughs) That's what's weird about Mormonism. That's what it does to like, that's, yeah, I've had Mormon counselors at BYU do similarly dumb stuff. It's like, you should know better, but everyone thinks that like the church is different. They're like, yeah, I'm like, I know. I, like in my head, I know that I'm not supposed to do this, but like I'm Mormon and she's more like if if she wasn't at, if that same counselor was somewhere else, not at the school, talking to a non-Mormon person who was like, I masturbate. They'd be like, All right, they would say nothing, but yeah. they're like, oh, this girl has covenants to keep and I better refer her to the bishop and stuff like that. And you're like, Brr.
0: yeah, which well, because then if you if you're like, I'm going to go against the current actual understanding then gay men get electrocuted like that's Uh it comes from the same place yep which doesn't make sense to me because faith like i always have thought this like when i was in mormonism and also out of like i've always thought every example of faith from like the scriptures is god's saying like i know you can't see this but i'm asking you to believe in it i can't think of a single time when god is like you see this it doesn't exist (laughs) like deny that that's not real that's not here that's like not how faith works
1: Ah. now i i can't i don't i'm going to be thinking about that all night if there's an example yeah but i think you're right yeah it's faith
0: faith in is hope for things not seen yeah, I feel beautiful. like
3: faith is just the ability to trust your ex uh, um, everything's about magic with me but yeah. faith is really the ability to wield reality because you trust your discernment you trust your intuition you trust the experiences that you have that you can't see like that's what it's talking about but then like everything else in religion they twist it and turn it into uh, it has something to do with us giving you rules and then you feeling ashamed about not Tr- not yeah. doing the rules Like guess it, there's nothing about that that has anything to do with guilt or obligation or or uh this is my obsession with figuring out what the bible really was saying before I left and it wasn't even coming from a place of doubt but I was just like I want to know exactly what these words mean and sin was like uh walking backwards and repent was change your mind turn around and go the other way yeah and it was so much more about this isn't working dog, turn around and do the other thing. Like it wasn't it wasn't this like heavy you're evil, Kill. you're bad, shame cycle bullshit. It was just about like, no, that's not it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You hit a brick wall, turn around and, and go the other way, decide to do different, be yeah. better, you know? Yeah. And uh I've always
0: yeah. I've always been all about that that personal intuition shit.
1: But <laughs> I do think that in modern times that a lot of the things that we are asked to trust the prophets and trust God is the opposite of what you were saying is that Mm. here's evidence. And we're just like, well, faith says we're just going to, you know, like there is, there is no evidence that there were horses at the time in America, but like, we're going to have faith that there were, you know, it's the opposite. We're like, there is, there is evidence that gender is not binary. That sex is not binary. There's evidence, but we're being asked to just believe uh Russ and Dallin and I don't know if we could close on this. I wanted to come back to this thought of like of privileged members of the of the church that really bother me. Uh mm-hmm. not to say that like the other people don't too. Like I I get bothered by like uh gay members of the church too because I'm like what? Why are you still here, man? There's, if I you're heard- still here, then I, did I do something wrong? Like I, I remember, like in this cool ward in downtown uh, that I went to, there was a gay guy, and I remember disliking him because I was like, I can't leave until he leaves. <laughs> like you know, I'm like <laughs> I was like, so fuck it, man, look back. when when are you gonna just leave, dude? I want, I'm sick of being here, but I can't justify it. Like if, if you're still here, I should be able to stick out, but. Anyway, uh, tangent. But the the people that I'm at at now are those <laughs> are the privileged ones that are like that fit the proclamation already. Like the proclamation's written for them, and it doesn't. So this doesn't ask anything of them. They aren't required to exert any faith. Like, and then they just like talk to everyone else about like if someone else is angry. Like they don't understand the hurt that that is caused uh, by these statements. They don't, they don't know what it feels like. And then they just, they want to be like, oh, this is a trial for you. You know, uh, I know that that hurts, but like you have I, to just follow the prophet.
0: I've had trials too. Like sometimes I want to watch an R rated movie, but I can resist. <laughs>
1: right. So. It was like, well, you don't know what it's like, you know? And then, and then I think that shows a, a lack of like the basic level of empathy that you need to be a good person. And like Christianity taught me empathy to think to that's what that's what Christ did. He felt everyone's pain, he felt everyone's pain perfectly and loved them for it. And that's what I learned to do. And I understand how you can sit in that church and watch all these other people suffer and you just not feel anything.
0: It literally just now occurred to me that the atonement was like empathy.
1: You're welcome. Damn. This, and you were a Sunday school teacher.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Oh. And I
0: taught at BYU. I know. That's a really cool thought. Like, I still think, like, there are some scripture stories I think have, like, literary value that are... Like, there's a difference between things being true and things being facts. Like, there's truth in Harry Potter. Yeah. Even if there aren't facts.
3: I like, I like the Bible. I like most of what the Bible says. I just... I don't like... I like... I love... Mormonism, if you take all the people out of it, you take yeah. the men <laughs> out of it, you take definitely the cast of characters now involved with it. because uh, I think that if you take spiritual truth, higher knowledge... Um, people will sense the power in it, and they'll be attracted to it, and they don't know why they're attracted to it. But the thing I think that people are attracted to it is that there is some something behind the veil in it, and then but you get the same archetype of controlling piece of shit, three D as fuck white dudes in a boardroom <laughs> that come in and they know that they know that if they can stand in between i don't like anything about the way mormonism is run i don't like worthiness interviews i don't like any of this but this planets and layers of heaven that's just like ascension shit that all makes sense hmm. faith the description of faith which is um evidence of things uh substance of things hoped for evidence of things not seen yeah, I think yeah, I backwards yeah. is manifesting reality It is the ability to say like, oh, I want to create this. And the proof that it will be created is that I decided that I want it. It is the substance. It is the thing, right? It is that ability um, to trust myself, which is the opposite of what religion is, which you're not asking me to have faith in something unseen. You're asking me to blindly follow you, which is like the opposite of spirituality. Spirituality is 100% inside of you. You connect to everything through yourself. Religion is... Somebody else tells you what to do and you follow them, which is the opposite of following your intuition. It's constantly turning off your intuition, much like uh, an abusive relationship. It is uh, it is a narcissistic relationship. It is. I know I see that framework and everything now but it does all of the same things it convinces you that your basic normal desires your biological they're awful hung up on your biological uh framework when it's what your gender is but they don't you know the dick gets hard how many times a day for adolescent boys like that's a (laughs) natural thing (laughs) uh i've read about milking the prostate for some reason and it's like (laughs) you're it's bad it's fucking bad for you it's physically increases your risk of getting Ball cancer, prostate cancer, if you don't come. Like it's not good for you. So Jessa,
1: I just sorry to interrupt, but you just reminded me I remember I have a memory of going home. It happened in school, maybe sixth grade, and I went home and I told my dad, and I was like, Dad, today I had an involuntary erection
2: oh my dad was like like, well uh uh,
1: that's uh it's gonna happen but uh it's uh it's nothing to dwell on uh, you know don't dwell on it uh and then then it passes it passes and then you he just reminded
3: me of this story from sixth grade. How awkward is sixth grade? Sixth grade was two <laughs> dorks on the back of the bus. They were like nerdy kids or whatever. One of them was like, "I got my period this year," and then all the cool kids on the bus were like, "Say what?" And he was like, "I got my period." And like, you didn't get your period, dog. What do you mean you got your period? And he goes, "Oh, what do you call that white stuff that comes out when I'm sleeping?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude, I feel like his older brother set him oh, kid, up. For... Oh, my
3: God. He got clowned so
0: hard. The kids oh. all just lost their minds. See, like, oh, for a while gosh. I worked in an elementary school and we had the, like, like kind of beginning sex ed stuff. And they, like, separate the boys and the girls. And they're like, this is called deodorant. And, but uh-huh. they do, like, a little review of, like, all right, boys, do you understand what this is? Girls, do you understand what this is? And the, in the like boys' room, they said, do you guys know what a period is, what menstruation is? And one of the kids raised his hand, and she was like, tell me what you know. And he explained periods so well that unprompted, the rest of the boys gave him a standing ovation. Wow. <laughs> and, then, and he like came out of the room, and he was like... Uh hey, Mrs. Chapman. I know exactly how menstruation works. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good Kids for you,
1: balling. kid. Baller moon.
3: I know tons of grown ass women that don't understand how
0: anything about their cycle <laughs> works. Uh, uh. Not paying enough attention to the moon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh anyway, I think we gotta wrap it up,
3: but uh yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're going <laughs> to put a saran wrap dish towel around oh this God. podcast and wrap it up.
0: And then leave it in the kitchen.
1: Liz, thank you for being on the podcast. We've thank wanted you. to have you on for a while. Uh, is there anything you wanted to plug?
0: Um, If you go to my website, uh, you can see cool things that I'm doing and my blog and social media stuff. So it's com with two T's. Uh, and then uh, yeah. I I won't respond to Facebook friend requests, I'll just tell you. <laughs> so well, it's but a graveyard <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram. All the links are on there. So just go to com. and uh, yeah. Uh,
1: and you can go to Jessareed.com, follow Jess's stuff. You can't go to AaronWoodall.com. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Um, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time on Mormon and the Meth Head.
2: If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and Dr. Sourita. listen to them talking to Mike.